Super Nerd Podcast, the adventure that brings you the latest nerd news and rumors from movies, TV, entertainment, and sometimes science. You name it. It's Manifestus. Super Beacon's Nerd Podcast. I'm your host, Austin. And with me, as always, is the amazing. Uh, hey! Hello! Okay, I just saw what Jekka wrote. You're sounding like aliens took over your <laughs> mic all garbly and popping in and out. I don't Except know now you sound is. fine. Oh, do Except I? Now you sound fine. It was just during like the intro that it was all weird. Like the intro music, I can hear just fine. But yeah, you you sound like aliens took over. <laughs> well, I, I I've literally done nothing different than I've done in the previous two hundred and fifty six or two hundred fifty five uh, podcast episodes. So I guess uh, as long as you can hear me now, I got to apologize to all the listeners if you can. Oh, right there. If you can, if you can hear our dog in the background, he's chewing on a bone on the floor, and so I apologize. Maybe we'll kick him out. We just we we talked about it. We're like, eh, whatever. We're, we're too lazy. Anyways, obviously we're talking Ahsoka, which is going to be awesome to talk about, uh, and a whole lot more to include. Well, Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon trailer has been released. David Tennant is saying that his 14th Doctor will be different than his 10th Doctor. And some sad news, the voice of Harley Quinn has passed away. We're going to be talking that and a whole lot more. So make sure to hit that podcast subscribe button. We would love to nerd out with you each and every week. And if you've already hit that podcast subscribe button, you know what I'm going to say to you. Plus 10 Nerd XP. Nerd XP! We love you guys. And for everyone else, as soon as you hit that podcast subscribe button, you too can start earning Nerd XP. Nerd XP. So, on a quick note, boy, our, our, my pets are being really distracting. So we also have uh, some cats. And we decided to put their <laughs> cat bowl on the very top of the uh, uh, the bookcase over here. So that way the dog wouldn't eat it. And in and, and and, and all honesty, our cats were getting lazy and they were getting fat. And so we figured if they had to jump all the way up there every single time to get their food, they might lose some extra or lose some weight and from from the exercise. And they have; they've lost some weight. But here's the thing: when their uh, when their bowl gets near empty, they like to push it all the way to the edge of the bookcase. And when they get mad, they'll go and they'll hit the thing, and the whole thing will go. It'll spill on the ground, even if there's even if there's still a little bit of. Uh, of food in there they'll they'll knock it on the ground because it's not full enough anyways i'm looking up there right now and i see i see the cat and the cat has moved the bowl all the way to the ledge it's like it's like 40 percent <laughs> off of the ledge so it's barely hanging on there so if you hear honestly <laughs> they're just lazy and they kind of push it as they eat that one's not intentional well. he actually gets upset when he knocks it off well, if, if you hear a big crash all of a sudden, it's because the cat decided uh, there wasn't enough food in his bowl. So anyways, Jenka, what's nerdy with you? I'm sitting here, I'm like, I wish my pet was being distracting, but she's like hunkered down under her basking light. Well, she, like, she was earlier. She, uh, 
your lizard was. was crawling under the desk or something? Yeah, she was crawling under my dresser, which is when she gets under there, it's very hard to get her out. Um, very hard. And she gets mad, yeah. so. But that was a quick, I grabbed her and pulled her out before she could go all the way in. Um, but anyways, um, so I just started school again, so I'm my, entering my third year of grad school, hoping to graduate next May. Oh, man, my brain is so melted, because, like, unfortunately, I have to take two grad classes just to finish up my degree requirements. Mm -hmm. One of them I am looking forward to. The teacher is like, you're grad students, you're all busy, you're taking this class to learn stat stuff and how to apply it which is great so we're going to make this easy for you so even though there's like weekly quizzes the quizzes aren't worth any points you could take them as many times as you want until you get the correct answer and there's no time limit and so that's pretty cool it is very nice but it did kind of like i did have a bit of a panic moment on friday because i thought that like the wrong like, I thought that, you know, we would study the, like, read the material for the week and then take the quiz on that. But no, he actually is like, the quiz that was due today, I took it on Saturday, so we're good. But the quiz that was due this weekend was for the reading material in preparation for next week. So I was like, oh, crap, I didn't read any of that and I need to mm. take this quiz. But he was like, I mean, you could just do it alongside the reading, like, read as, take the quiz as you read it. So it was fine. I pretty That's much pretty just cool. like... I used the quiz, like I would read the quiz and I would look in the chapters we had to read and I found like it was fine, you know, so it did take me like a couple hours to do it. And that was even like a couple retakes so I could get all 100% because I'm crazy that way. But so it was one of those things I was like, okay, okay. But the other class is going to be a lot of reading and I'm hoping she's not going to have us do a lot of writing because I'm just like, I'm trying to write my thesis too. And mm -hmm. I'm just like, please no, yeah. <laughs> none of that. I can't juggle all that. Yeah. So this semester's we're going to have very tired and brain melt. Like my brain felt melted by Wednesday. And I was like, you, I still have two more days to go. You got, you got to find something at the end of the day to like unwind and just let your brain recuperate. I, uh, and that is what I do. Time, yeah. Good, good, good. For mm -hmm. the longest time I used to, uh, watch Seinfeld episodes at the end of the day. Cause it would, uh, no matter where I was at or what I was doing, uh, Seinfeld would, would make me laugh out loud. And so it helped me uh, regenerate <laughs> some energy, I guess. Yeah, I I was re-watching season two of Only Murders in the Building oh, because yeah, yeah. that way I would pay attention to it and it would keep me off my phone. And that way it was <laughs> like reducing, like, not that I was reducing screen time, but I was reducing screen time in a different way. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I get you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes screen time on your phone when you're just flipping around on things like it's, 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 it's not uh, regenerative, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, and like, and especially like with everything I have to do, it's all on my computer. I'm getting so tired of looking at my computer screen. <laughs> so uh, I'm like, yeah. hey, I just need something not on my computer or my phone. So yeah. So no, I've been See? I've been making sure that I like unwind it, and I have to unwind in the evenings oh, yeah. um, or else I won't sleep well. So you're, so you just entered your third year. Uh-huh. Yeah. Where, where am I at Amanda? You're midway through your second year. I'm midway through my second year. Yeah. So, so I remember you started like six months before I did with your program. So I thought I was halfway. Um, You're halfway through your credits, but 
that's different than time. How long you're yeah, because yeah. I'm because yeah, this semester is my last semester that I have to take classes for my degree. Mm. Next spring will just be like finalizing my thesis, defending, and graduating, and all that. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm uh, really hoping that next semester, like this semester, will be crazy, and next semester can be more lightweight that I could just like take a breath. Yeah. All right, Amanda, what's nerdy with you? So, just a quick question, Jekka. Have you seen the new trailer for the um, lizard movie on Netflix? What? It's a, li- it's a lizard comedy with uh, Adam Sandler and somebody Voicing, else. Voicing uh, a lizard? Yeah. No. It, I just it, barely like, got yeah. on Netflix today and discovered that there's a new season of The Dragon Prince. And I'm like, oh, great. Now I have another season I have to catch up on. <laughs> I think it's like Leonard or Leo. Uh, yeah, Netflix, Leo. Lizard I'm going to look movie. this up, too. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, it's called Leo uh it's coming out in november anyways yeah you'll like it like amanda saw it and immediately said oh jacka yeah i saw immediately thought of you jacka it's (laughs) uh, two pals a turtle and a lizard and they're like in like a fifth grade um classroom they're just like you know mascots for the for the class or something so okay i'll look into that all right so what's nerdy with me is I'm talking with my kids about um, they're both in the first programs. One in first is in first tech challenge and the other is in first Lego league. And my son who's it's, in first. So if you don't know what these things are, you basically build robots out of Legos. They're, they're yeah. robotics challenges. You, mm-hmm. they're, com- they're competitions or tournaments. The robots have to do certain things and uh, there's different teams of robots that uh, your robot goes up against and whoever did the most amount of things correctly, like wins the tournament. And, and then they also have a challenge that they have to like solve a problem in a like new way and like think about problems differently. Um, but my, my mm-hmm. son's team, he's in first Lego league. They had the hardest time finding a team name and I'm so frustrated that the team name I like did not can, get picked. Can I say it? You can say it. Okay. So one of the one of our son's uh, teammates was named Ben. So we wanted we we were we were rooting that they would call it uh, their team name Ben and Ben's buddies build Ben and Ben's buddies bots. <laughs> <laughs> Literally on their T-shirt, they could be the B seven bots. It could be Ben Ben and Ben's buddies build Ben and Ben's buddies bots. There you go. Because because the annou- the announcer would have to say that over the announcer, and it's a tongue twister, and he would always be mis- messing it up. So, oh and, and, and these are all and and these are all young kids. All of their team names are completely ridiculous. So this like it fits right in just fine. Well, okay, so but you have to hear what they decided their team name is. Do you remember? Oh, I know exactly okay. what they are, and so, I know what their mascot is okay. too. Oh, yeah. And they okay. are bringing their mascot. Yes. So with so them. so they, they have did, a they mascot. Did, yeah, yeah. They do. Okay, so they did. They did not go with Ben and Ben's buddies build Ben and Ben's buddies bots. They went with <laughs> the paper towels. No, no, no. They no. are the paper towels. No, no. They yeah, said the paper towels. No, 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 no. You messed it up. Their team name is Can I have oh. some paper towels, please? Yeah. Okay. That's their team name. 
And they have a paper towel roll that they put googly eyes yes, on. Yes, and, and their mascot will be a paper towel roll with googly eyes. Yeah, hilarious. So, can I... Literally LOL right now. <laughs> what What is that acronym? The rolling on the floor laughing. Oh, oh yeah. R-O-F-L. <laughs> yeah. Can I have some paper towels, please? Versus some other ridiculous name. So, this is what they decided to come up with. I'm very proud of them. <laughs> I mean, I found out that, like, there was, a, like, like when I was a missionary for my church, one of the other missionaries, we were talking about our high school mascots, and his high school mascot was the paper makers, and he drew their mascot on the board. It was, like, this robot, like, output, like, kind of like a printer with legs printing out paper. But he was like, so yeah, we had the printer. The your favorite makers. TV show was The Office then. Dunder <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. So I just have to share my high school. Um, had a, The mascot had originally been the Redskins. And when they wanted to change that, the people people were really mad. And they didn't want to change the name. So they became the Reds. And they're like, we don't really know what the Reds mean. And I'm like, um, you can't figure it out. Like, just get a hammer and sickle. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> But yeah, that was that was my high school mascot. Just want to share that. <laughs> so uh, uh, I've got something to share. What's learning with you? Just real quick. This happens to every single D and D player ever. Um, we have not played a, a game of D and D in like two months because we have not been able to sync our schedules up and all agree on a day and time. And so we keep getting to the point where. Um, everybody's good except for one person and you know every you know i might be okay doing that but they're pretty much at the end of the campaign and i don't want somebody missing out on like what could possibly be the the last adventure we'll see because that would be just terrible you know what i mean so so uh i'm having scheduling problems uh which is you know par for the course if you've ever played D. that just reminded me when the D&D movie was coming out, there was a meme that went out that said, to make it a real experience, they should stop the movie um, right before the climax, and everyone in the theater has to schedule when they're going to come back and finish it. And yeah. I was just like, <laughs> honestly, I was like, hey, that's really funny, but if they did that, I would be so mad. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. So accurate. So accurate. So accurate. So oh, accurate. Yeah. yeah, my D&D game actually got canceled on yesterday. Oh, yeah, our DM, uh, he wasn't feeling so good, so it got canceled. Bummer, bummer. All right, we got a lot of nerd news to talk about, so let's get into it. We had our honeymoon on Alderaan. Nope, that's not it. That's the main event. Here we go. Here's the nerd news. Let's get the nerd news. It goes straight to Ahsoka. Well, maybe. <laughs> Many Bothans died to bring us this information. Ooh. And what is the news that should be on your nerd radar? Well, a number of Warner Brothers movies are getting delayed. That's right. Warner Brothers has shared that there will be delays in the release of Legendary Entertainment's Dune Part 2. No! And New Line <sighs> Cinema's The Lord of the Rings, The War of Rorum. Did I say that right? Rohirrim. Rohirrim. Yes. Yeah. Anyways, fans will need to ex uh, exhibit a bit more patience before diving into these epic tales. The I'm not okay with this. The release okay. of the release of Dune Part Two is now shifted from November third, twenty twenty three, to March fifteenth, twenty twenty four. No, 
Meanwhile, no. the war of Ro. Oh, how do you say that name? How do you say that again? Rohirrim. Rohirrim. Oh, oh my word! The Lord <laughs> of the Rings movie, originally set for April twelfth, twenty twenty four, is now slated for December thirteenth, twenty twenty four. It appears that the actors and writers strikes are the main culprits behind these delays. In a related shift, the Godzilla vs. Kong, the new empire, is now set for April 12th, 2024, a minor move from its previous date of March 15th, 2024. Dune, if you don't know, paints the vivid picture of a heroic journey capturing the essence of Paul Atreides. He is a young prodigy thrust into a destiny larger than life, journeying to the universe's most treacherous planets to safeguard his lineage and kin. Uh, the War of the Lord of the Rings movie set 183 years prior to the original trilogy delves into the adventures of Helm Hammerhand, Rohan's king, leading to the birth of the iconic Helm's Deep Fortress. Godzilla vs. Kong, the new empire, offers a continuation of the gripping duel between Godzilla and Kong, delving into their rich history's origins in the enigmatic Skull Island. So, we're going to have to wait for these movies, mostly because of the writer and actor strike. What do you think of this? I am not pleased with it, but at the same time, if it is in support, not because of the writer strike, I yeah. will forgive that. But if it is in support of, I'm okay with it. But if they're like, fine, we're going to delay these. Well, I'm, I'm because little... you're throwing it like because you're keep like not cooperating or, or anything, then I'm going to be like, hey, no, 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 no. Come so on. So my That's guess the is there's stuff in post production that needed to be done. Oh, maybe that uh... they can't do because of the strike. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So I... I don't think this is a oh we're doing it for um against or for it's they literally can't because of. I mean, if, if anything, this was, this, was, this was my point earlier that I was thinking. If anything, you think Warner Brothers would release the movies earlier because they've got uh, less content coming out. My, my guess is it's yeah. production. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Gotcha. Okay, that does make more sense. I'm still not happy. I know, I'm still a bummer. I'm just like, oh, this is like what happened with the first, at least it's not as long as the first Dune movie. Like, that one was almost a whole year. This one's like pushing it back, what, six months or so? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, okay. Yeah, they probably pushed it better, but Just to wait and hopefully have everything be over. Yeah. Yeah. Well... We, we'll have to change up our, our calendar a little bit because we had... We uh, had yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Moving on. Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon trailer has been released. Netflix has unveiled the debut trailer for Zack Snyder's movie Rebel Moon, which bears notable inspiration from Star Wars. Originally, this film was conceived to be part of the Star Wars universe. But after Lucasfilm and Disney opted out, Snyder reimagined it in a distinct universe of its own. While Star Wars's essence is palpable, it's unmistakably imbued with Zack Snyder's unique touch. Rebel Moon tells the tale of a motley crew of rebels determined to combat a colossal malevolent empire. The natives unfolds on a uh, serene colony at the galaxy's fringes. Suddenly, 
Imperial by Reginant, Re, uh, Regent, 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 Balisarius, Regent. Uh, yes, ba- yeah. Well, no, no, uh, the Balisarius <laughs> threw me off. I was like, what, how, how do I pronounce that? Anyways, his ruthless force, a young woman, enigmatic in her origins, is dispatched to rally warriors from nearby planets in a courageous defiance against the oppressor. Reflecting on the film, Snyder mentioned, quote, being an avid fan of both Akira Kurosawa in Star Wars, this film is an amalgamation of my passion for sci-fi and grand adventures. I'm optimistic about Rebel Moon evolving into a prominent IP, potentially spawning its own expansive universe, end quote. So the movie will be released in two parts, with an R-rated version of each segment available. The star-studded cast includes Charlie Hunnam, Hunnam Ed Screen. Why am I even trying to pronounce that? Stop it. Just, <laughs> just stop it. My mouth is working today. Like, some days, like, you know, you always struggle with it, but some days you're better than others. And I think I today is a not a good day to- for you to be pronouncing names. It's not. I'm messing <laughs> up everything. You're tripping over the words, and I'm like, how is he messing that up? Like, uh, yes, yes, yes. Anyways. <laughs> The first installment of Rebel Moon <laughs> comes out December 22nd after a brief stint in theaters. So let's take a listen to this trailer and we'll talk about it afterwards. Here we go. the story of the Princess Issa. In myth, she was called the Redeemer. It was said this child would stop the madness of war. That she was to usher in a new age of peace and compassion. I was given memories of a world I will never see. Loyalty to a king I cannot serve. And love for a child I could not save. What do you think they want? Everything. I found her. I am a child of war. I was taught that love is weakness. There is a difference between justice and revenge. There is a price to pay for your defiance. One moment. I do love this part. Hold on. I don't want no trouble. We're not here to bring any. Are you ready? You and I both know fear. Let's show them that we're not afraid. Let's show them we're more than the shackles that bind us.
king is a man, and a man can fail. But a myth is indestructible. The time has come for all that you love. Protect each other and show them no mercy. Who among you is willing to die for what you believe? All right. So I am not a fan of Zack Snyder. I'll say that first off. Um, but I'm intrigued. It looks very different from what I feel like he's done in the past. So I'm I'm trying to keep how my personal expectations of what a Zack Snyder film is really low mm-hmm. because I'm just I'm not a fan of his style. And I get that there's a lot of Zack Snyder fans out there that love his style and that's awesome. But I I get the feeling that this isn't his normal dark style because it had a brighter look to it. And I like that. And so it looks really intriguing. It sounds like cinematic quality. Like I, I haven't watched it. So I was just listening to it. This trailer. I was impressed with the music. Yeah, it. Uh, yeah, when, I'm, when I'm intrigued. I'm like, I'll say like, I'm very intrigued if it was like intention to be kind of like Star Wars based, and then he had to kind of turn it into his own thing. I'm like, I'm intrigued to see how it'll yeah. turn out and to kind of see those similarities that was going for to like fit in a Star Wars universe originally, and then had to be kind of like tweaked. Yeah. Yeah, when you watch the trailer, it's pretty obvious. Like, there's some scenes where it's like, well, that scene looks like it could have obviously been a bunch of stormtroopers attacking. And, you know, and that person looks like they could have been a Jedi, you know. So you, you see different things like that in the in the trailer. And, and I think what I find most intriguing about this is I'm going to watch this movie, but I'm going to be saying in the back of my head, should this have been a Star Wars film? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Did did but, Star Wars miss out? Yeah. Or did they um, save themselves, you know? It's true. I mean, there is something I learned le- recently that I like it's a joke that my friend likes to say is that in reality it's the f- fans who decide what's canon. Yeah. <laughs> She's well. like it's it's the whole thing with Harry Potter like the cursed child is fan fiction but a very part of musical which is done by fans at a high school. That mm. is canon kind of thing <laughs> like Yeah. So well, I was just it, like, hmm, yes, yes. <laughs> it's kind of like The Matrix. There's only one movie. The rest is fan fiction. Yeah, yeah. There's one movie <laughs> and then a trilogy. <laughs> a and sequel, a, trilogy a companion weird... trilogy. Like, yeah. <laughs> fan fiction. Exactly. We decided, like, the fans decided, not Disney. <laughs> Disney yeah. doesn't get to decide what's canon or not. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on. David Tennant is talking his return to Doctor Who and says his 14th Doctor will be different than his 10th Doctor. So last fall, the announcement that David Tennant, the cherished 10th Doctor, would be reprising 
his role in the forthcoming Doctor Who season on BBC obviously delighted fans. But Tennant is hinting that the Doctor's latest incarnation might differ from what viewers recall from his initial tenure. So speaking to Doctor Who magazine, as sourced from Radio Times, uh, Tennant gave insights into how his 14th Doctor will be distinct, saying, quote, The Doctor's been three different people in the meantime, so I'm not necessarily the same version of the Doctor that I was before. I'm not the 10th Doctor now. I'm the 14th. Well, strictly speaking, we don't know what the actual number is anymore, do we? End quote. So as part of the BBC's 60th anniversary celebration, Tennant is slated to appear in three Doctor Who special episodes. Additionally, the Catherine, Catherine Tate will make a comeback as Donna Noble, one of the companions to the 10th Doctor. And reflecting on his experience, Tennant said, quote, It was like being handed a very lovely present. It was joyous. It was great fun. It was very happy. Joy, a joyous time 15 years ago and returning to that could have been, well, who knows? It might have felt awkward. It might have felt difficult. I might not have been able to run as fast, but we had a lovely time. Russell T. Davies is back running the show. It felt like we had never been away, end quote. Now, however you pronounce this dude's name. Nakuti Gatwa? Yes. I would say. Well, take on the role <laughs> of the 15th Doctor during the 60th anniversary season of Doctor Who. This season will see the return of Russell T. Davies as the series showrunner, and fans can anticipate three special episodes titled The Star Beast, Wild Blue Yonder, and The Giggle, set to premiere this November. Exciting. So I well, this actually was it this this is this announcement was actually a huge relief to me because I was wondering, like I knew it was supposed to take place between Jodie Whittaker and Nikuti. Got got mm -hmm. one, but I wasn't sure if like they were going to make it seem like a flashback or something, mm. you know, like kind of like a, a like continuation of the David Tennant specials before he be like yeah. regenerated and we got Matt Smith. So it's kind of a relief to me that like no, this is still part of that same like it's moving forward. It's not jumping around. Um, and I am glad that we're, even though it's going to be the same face, it would still be a different doctor because that's what makes Doctor Who so fun is that it's like you have people that are like wearing, it's the same person, but with a different face every time. And I love seeing how the actors portray that. And it's going to, I look forward to seeing how David Tennant is going to portray a much older doctor and like how that's going to look with him. Especially just thinking of the doctor being like, what, this face again, pretty much. Like, I could yeah. hear that happening, being like, this face, why this face, you know? Because we've learned that faces are important. Like, that's how they explain Peter Capaldi, because he was in a previous episode kind of thing. And they tied that all in together. So I'm excited to see how they will continue to tie that in again as well. Yeah, I mean, we, we kind of got out of watching Doctor Who, um, but I think we'll probably watch these uh, specials and we'll see my, yeah i'm sorry go on my problem is they've just they keep wanting to add new history to doctor who instead of working with the actual history that's there like whatever happened to his granddaughter almost 60 years ago right i want to know that 
Yeah. Like or like his family. Or, yeah. You know? Who 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 are his children? Like spouse, grandkids. Like he has at least one grandkid. Like they never explored River was his, his daughter. Or River was the, the wife. River is his wife, like his second so, wife, so to speak. But well, is she his second wife? Oh, or, that's true. Or is she she his wife? His wife. That's true. And they have kids and grandkids. I have like, no idea. They never explored any of that. They just want to keep rewriting the history. And I'm like, how about you just explore what you got? It, it You do make a fair point because I was like, I mean, you know, I said this once and I'll say it again. Like I was really excited with Jodie Whittaker mm-hmm. and she did a phenomenal job. But the writers, the writers mm-hmm. failed her. I like loved terrible- Jodie Whittaker terrible writing like such bad writing and yes. the 12th season is where they messed up all that and yeah i haven't seen any of the 13th season i actually am trying i started rewatching doctor who with the intention of like being ready for this so i should mm-hmm. jump back on that i kind of i stopped and got distracted when i finished the ninth season so i need to get back on that yeah so my problem is is they they just that it isn't compelling to me anymore the writing doesn't bring me in they don't want to address anything i'm interested in so i'm not really interested in what they have to know but it's david tennant i'm actually very interested in david tennant and Catherine tate because there you go amazing and if they could get like better Catherine tate comedy in oh well oh and they're they're just david tennant and Catherine tate in general are just like they are hilarious they're, together. They're a package deal. Like, I'm just like, that, them alone is like, even if it's bad writing, like, they're going to save it. <laughs> yes. And, and that's it's why. Terrible storyline, and they and, will save it. <laughs> and that, that is why I'm saying I'm interested in watching these, but I'm, I'm, I'm not 100% sold continuing on after these until we get something more okay. that interests me. Okay. So. You, you, you brought me around to watching the David Tennant, Catherine Tate, but yeah. The, they have to change up what they're doing. Well, they got Russell. They got Russell T Davies back. They just for these though, right? No, no, no. No, I think, I think for after these too. He's a showrunner of Dr. Who. Uh, And I think they realized just how bad they messed up because they were, they were writing like worldwide pop culture phenomenon. And then it went crash and burn hard. Well, It's the lesson of, you can't blame your audience for your own failures. Yeah, really. So uh, for the past like decade, it seems like all of like TV shows and movies, they blame their audience for the audience not wanting to see their garbage material. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's move on. James Gunn responds to does Superman Legacy have too many heroes? James so, Gunn can never have enough heroes. Give him more. He can have like 20 heroes in a movie and he will okay. like be amazing. Give him more heroes. So James Gunn, the director at the helm of several projects for DC Studios, remains ever engaged with his fans online, even amidst his bustling schedule. When one enthusiast voiced concerns about his forthcoming movie, Superman Legacy, Gunn, was quick with a witty comeback. Details revealed about Superman Legacy include that we're going to have Clark Kent. uh, Obviously, we're going to have Lois Lane, but we're also going to have Guy Gardner, uh, his Green Lantern. We're going to have Hot Girl, Mr. Terrific, 
and a, another superhero named uh, Metamorpho. And so despite the excitement around the film's ensemble, one fan raised concern about the movie's character count, prompting this, quote, James, don't you think there are too many characters in Superman Legacy? I just feel like there won't be enough time for Superman. And then James Gunn responded by saying, I don't understand this fear. There are less characters than in 40-year Virgin. Did you think Steve Carell didn't get enough time? End quote. So the film Superman Legacy is set to spearhead DC Studios initiative Gods and Monsters Part 1, slated to commence in early 2024, leading up to its anticipated theater debut July 11, 2025. Okay. So James Gunn has this uncanny ability to have a huge ensemble cast and make me feel like I got the right amount of each character where he has character development for characters and he's able to do it. The um, Blue Beetle had so many characters, but they didn't give the right character development enough. So you didn't feel like there was enough growth for the characters. Or at least that was my opinion on Blue Beetle, where I just, I didn't feel there was enough character growth um, or character development. Where James Gunn is able to do that and I'm along for the ride. Now, my question though is, did Nathan Fillion get Green Lantern because um, what was the character he played in the the Suicide Squad? Oh. uh... Like the... Oh, the kid, the, he, uh, he died like right off the bat. Yeah, he died. Did he? He, I think so. Did no, he? no, I don't no, know. no. They they showed it in the um in Peacemaker that he was still alive. Oh, they they didn't show Nathan Fillion, but like there was still a tracker that was working, and it was um like the yeah. break apart kid or yeah, something. I, or... I don't remember. It was it was interesting. But anyway, so. Like you had these fun characters in the background and technically he doesn't have to really use all of these characters. He can use them for cameos oh, to build sure. up for the next movies. So I'm just going to trust James Gunn in the process. Well, what if, he knows what he's doing. What I find to be so funny about this, it wasn't that long ago that people were nervous when a superhero film had too many villains or too many uh, characters. I mean, when, I remember when, Batman Returns came out and they're like, wait a minute, we're going to have Penguin and Catwoman in there? That might be too much. Well, uh, and people said the same thing about Spider-Man 3. Well, we got we got Venom and Sandman in there. Uh, well, it, it's kind of, the Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman did not pull off the two villains well. Wonder Woman 2. 1984? Yeah. So it, it they, all... had, they had Cheetah and who else? Uh, uh, the... Uh, Petro Pascal's character with yeah. the monkey's paw thing. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, that's right. He was like the uh, Shazam wow guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it all depends on how you do it and how you develop the storyline, whether it works or not. And it's not that automatically it's a bad thing. It's, okay, can the director pull it off? And we've seen James Gunn pull it off so many times that I trust him to do it. Yeah. Good, uh, I think you bring me around. Yeah, because I have to admit, when I first saw this, I was like, wait, we're going to have all these characters, Green Lantern. I was like, eh. Uh, See, for me, like, this actually makes me start thinking. I'm like, is this kind of like a beginning of Justice League? Like, setting up 
Well, it's setting up their new DCU. Yeah, because all the characters they've listed off so far, I'm like, they're in the Justice League. So I could see that balance of kind of like introducing them. Like they Mm -hmm. don't have to play a central role. Like I, I think you're on the right track with cameo appearances. I think like that's all you need is a cameo appearance, you know, um, to bring in like what you need. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we've learned that these, those do work because I'm thinking of phase one of Marvel, you know, how each movie coming out was introducing someone new and then they would also introduce someone else in there, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Oh, my phone went off. All right, let's move on. The Witcher producer talks how they'll explain Henry Cavill's recasting. So as the curtain falls on Henry Cavill's portrayal, portrayal of Geralt of Rivera in The Witcher, Liam Hemsworth gears up to take the reign. Tomic Baginski, the show's executive producer, recently shed some light on the forthcoming season's direction during an interview and reflecting on the foundation for the upcoming narrative twist. He says, quote, I'm not talking about specific events, but the narrative framework that was introduced in this book. Suddenly, at the beginning of the book, we learn that everything we've read so far might not have been true. And this cannot be compared with, for example, the currently popular concept of the multiverse, where out of nowhere, there are many different realities, end quote. So given the shift in Geralt's portrayal, the multiverse theory has been a popular speculation among fans. And Baginski addressed how Helmsworth's rendition of Geralt will make its debut, hinting, quote, we have a very, very good plan to introduce our new Geralt and our new vision for Geralt with Liam. Not going deeply into those ideas because this will be a huge spoiler, but it's also very, very close to the meta ideas, which are deeply embedded in the books, especially in book five, end quote. So the fifth book's narratives sees Suri transitioning through a portal to an alternate realm. This plot point sparked debates among fans, suggesting Helmsworth's Geralt might be an alternate version from a parallel universe. However, Baginski seems to steer away from this assumption, elaborating, quote, I'll say this. I remember the discussions even during the release of the books. 20 years ago, when the fifth book was released, people were very frustrated. In this context, the world built by... Um, Andrzej Sapkowski. Seems. Yeah, I was like, I'm out. (laughs) Tap out. (laughs) The world built by this dude seems to be one of the most flexible in all fantasy, end quote. So what do you, what do you take of this, Amanda? I haven't even bothered to see season three. Um, uh, Yeah, but basically what they're saying is it's everything has been a, uh, kind of a lie multiverse ish. I don't know. My, my big thing about this. And again, this comes back to where I, and like, I was guilty of this. And since then I've kind of like moved on from it. I think Dr. Who helped me a lot with this, but it's like, does it matter that you have to explain the actor change in the storyline? It's like, yeah. Okay. Don't want to disregard Henry Cavill. Like I have, from what everyone's told me, he was great. He was perfect yeah. for that role. And I'm like, hey, that's great and all, but do you have to explain where now there's a different person? Like, I am all for just, like, moving forward, being like, this is Geralt. Moving forward. Different we actor. Need, moving forward. It's like... We really need to stop having... Like, 
I really hate the TV shows that are just completely ruined because they kill off characters because the actor quits or something happens with the actor. Yeah, it's they, like just get a different person to keep character. Going. Let's put somebody yeah. else in the role and keep going. And I think Doctor Who has really helped me acknowledge that because Doctor Who, you know, it's like the same character but different people playing it. Yeah. And to me, I was just like, yeah, it's fine. I'm like. You don't need to explain why Geralt is like is now being played by Liam Neal Liam Wow Liam Neeson. Hemsworth. That would be cool. Quite Liam gone. Hemsworth, right? <laughs> There's a missed opportunity. Anyways. <laughs> um, but you know, and it's like and if he brings a little bit something to it, like that's fine. Like an actor's gonna bring something to it, but they can they're actors. They could still play the character and I remember when they first announced that, like, Liam Hemsworth was, like, excited about it. It's like, hey, biggest thing that you can do to have success in, you know, switching between actors is making sure that actor coming in is a fan of the role, you know? Yeah. Like, it worked with Henry Cavill because he was a fan, you know? He likes mm -hmm. that story, and he was excited to play that. It was, you know, going back to Doctor Who, David Tennant. He grew up on Doctor Who and loved it, so he was super excited to be the doctor and be the doctor again, you know? So it's like, as long as they're bringing in someone who is excited to play the role and knows the role, it's, it's going to be fine. <laughs> it's going to be fine. Yeah. But yeah I, I'm just like, I, I don't I still see think... the concern. No offense to Henry Cavill, but I it's still... just like, you don't need to explain it. So I, now I'm talking. I still <laughs> think they should have, recast Carrie Fisher when she died so that way they could have still done the the real episode 9 that they wanted to do that yes. centered the story around her. Yeah. And and I remember a long time ago there was rumors that they were going to cast recast her with um um I'm brain the actress that played uh uh Janeway, Captain Janeway from Voyager. She would have been good. She would have been Princess yeah. Leia. Yeah, an older Princess Leia. She would have been good. She would have been fantastic. But anyways, let's move on. Arlene Sorkin, voice of Harley Quinn, has died. That's right. The animation community mourns the loss of Arlene Sorkin, the unmistakable voice behind Batman the Animated Series' Harley Quinn. She was 67 years old when she passed. Upon hearing the sad news, Mark Hamill, who voiced the Joker for numerous iterations, acknowledged her passing with a heartfelt tribute. Quote, Devastated to learn we've lost the brilliant Arlene Sorkin. Now, not just a wonderful talent, but a truly wonderful person. I'm grateful not only to have worked with her, but to have been her friend. Sending my heartfelt condolences to her family and loved ones. James Gunn, the director of Suicide Squad, which spotlighted uh, Harley Quinn, also paid his respects, saying, quote, Rest in peace, Arlene Sorkin, the incredible, incredibly talented original voice of Harley Quinn, who helped to create the character so many of us love. Love to her family and friends. So Sorkin first caught the public's attention with her portrayal on Days of Our Lives during the 1980s. Uh, then she was uh, jumping on board with Batman the Animated Series. Uh, it was uh, Sorkin's jester appearance in a dream sequence on Days of Our Lives that partially inspired Harley Quinn. She voiced the character consistently across various platforms from TV shows to video games. Her portrayal of Harley Quinn was multidimensional. She was both infatuated with the Joker and mentally unstable, yet a victim of a relationship. Her balanced act of trauma and whimsy 
made her portrayal memorable. So the last time we saw her uh, do this was in a Tiny Toons adventure between 1990 and 1992. Um, she did Harley Quinn. And then her very final voicing of the character was in the DC Universe Online following uh, her appearance in Batman Arkham Asylum. She, re- she really made Harley Quinn, and, and we're, we talk about her today because of her. Oh, yeah. I was sad. I was scrolling on Facebook, and I saw that. I was like, oh, no! I'm like, Mark Hamill's the only one left. It's <laughs> like, no, first Oh, my Kevin word, Conroy, you're right! Kevin Conroy passed away earlier this year. Oh! And yeah. now... Yeah, I was just like, what? No. What is so sad? So for me, um, her Harley Quinn voice is a voice I can hear in my head. It, oh, it's, yeah. She is Harley Quinn. And I feel no, like no. she, and, and you know, it's always, I always say this, like to me, Kevin Conroy is Batman and he's the one I compare all Batmans to. You yeah. Know? Yeah. She's the Harley Quinn we all compare to. <laughs> we'll just be flat out honest. And Robbie's been doing great. Margot Robbie, yeah. Margot Robbie, yeah. That's it. I was like, I knew that was part of her name. I couldn't remember. But yeah, she's been doing great of like capturing yeah. that and portraying that. Um, yeah, so, but, yeah. but he, she yeah. she has the look and she does she does fine, but she doesn't have the voice. Yeah. Uh, and the voice, yeah. yeah. Her, so, the Sorkin's voice, yeah. I will, I will just say this. As, as we're talking about celebrities who have died, Bob Barker passed away at 99. Oh, yeah. Perfectly oh. getting... As close to a doll, as close to one hundred <laughs> as without he could going without going over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, yeah, yeah. When Bob Barker, when I found out he passed away, yeah, there, there's a, there's a little bit of um, uh, healing that goes on when you when you realize that he died so close to a dollar without going over. That that that's that's perfect. You know, our, my kids the other day they asked, "Who's Bob Barker?" I was like, "Ah." Kids today will never know. They, they don't understand. They, they don't even watch the Drew Carey prices right because they can watch streaming services. Yeah, I know. So when they're sick, they don't have to watch daytime I know. TV. That was part of like watching daytime TV. Exactly. That was, part of, that was part of the reason why you wanted to skip school. So you could watch, <laughs> you could watch uh, Prices Right from time to time. Yeah, that was a great show. Uh. Yeah. Uh, sad stuff. All right, let's talk some Ahsoka. We had our honeymoon on Alderaan. Good thing we took pictures, huh? (laughs) Shut up, Wesley. You have no idea what you're dealing with. Uh, Shakespeare in the Park? And that means it is time for our main event. Ahsoka begins... Nerd out! War is inevitable. One must destroy in order to create. We are no Jedi. I started hearing whispers of Thrawn's return as heir to the Empire. What happens when we find Thrawn? Power. Such as you've never dreamed. I've spent most of my life fighting a war. That's why I'm trying to convince you to help me prevent another one. 
You and I both know who could help you with this. She's still just as stubborn as ever. I bet your master found you difficult at times. Anakin never got to finish my training. I walked away from him, just like I walked away from Sabine. You never made things easy for me. Master. As a Jedi, sometimes you have to make the decision no one else can. But I'm counting on you to see this through. Nice haircut. Sometimes we have to do what's right, regardless of our personal feelings. Buckle up. If we don't stop Thrawn, everything will be in vain. You have no power. Anakin spoke highly of you. I'm not here to discuss my past. We have a lot of work to do. Once a rebel, always a rebel. Folks, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, I want to give a special shout out to all you super nerds who have hit the podcast subscribe button. We really, really appreciate you. Please help us get the word out. Tell a friend about the podcast. And I want to invite you to hit that podcast subscribe button if you've not done so already. Come on, do it. You'll get plus 10 nerd XP. Nerd XP. All right. So I have I have a question. Do, do you want to hear my theory right up right up at the beginning? Do you want on, on where this TV show is going? Nerdstradamus wishes to speak. Shall yes. we let him? Yes, that's exactly. Let, let, let's hear Nerdstradamus's. Let's All hear right. Nerdstradamus. Let him speak. All right, listen to this. <laughs> I'm so excited to finally get this out of me. I've been thinking about this for a while. I haven't told anybody. Nobody knows this, and I think I see the future of Ahsoka. All right, so it centers around Balin's skull. Okay, and his motivations. So this guy, he he's obviously not uh, a Jedi as we know it. No, uh, no Jedi to be, and he's obviously not a Sith like we know Sith to be. Now, some people, some people might go, "Oh, we got a great Jedi, we got a great Jedi." I've never, I've never jumped into that. George Lucas never really liked it. If if Dave Filoni wants to go there, fine. But but that still doesn't explain where I think they're taking this story. Okay. Now there's a few things there's a few things that Balin's skull has said in the t- in the trailer and the episodes that's got me thinking of this. One, he says it right off the very beginning of, of this trailer. You um he says something along the lines um you have to destroy in order to create. All right, so keep that in mind. N- another thing he says is that he 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 has like this weird um, gr- like mourning, but saying, but still a respect for the Jedi and uh, and and the the lady that's all about Thrawn, um, still can 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 kind of notice that. Like she noticed that uh, when she, when he was talking about maybe having to kill Ahsoka. Now at the same time, when when they finally agreed, okay, we we got her the map and we're going to be heading in this direction. We're going to be heading to that other galaxy. What do we do after we get there? And he's like, well, power unlike anything you've ever seen. Now, that sounds very Sith-like, 
but 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 I've got an idea because it doesn't sound like they're hundred percent sold on like Thrawn taking over the universe type of thing and, and helping with that. Because like they're they're sounding like they're like kind of doing their own thing and they're just riding on their tails and using their resources. Mm-hmm. So all right, so listen, here's where it comes. Okay. The world between worlds. When we saw that in Rebels, oh. listen, when we saw that in Rebels, we uh, we saw the world between worlds has the ability to go back and change outcomes. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, now uh, how do you access the world between worlds? Now, we they don't know where where to access the world between worlds in this galaxy. But if they know where Thrawn pops out, then they know how to access the world between worlds at that location. Mm. So what I think Balin's skull is trying to do is basically prevent few have seen or, or few know what happened to uh uh, Hayden, or few few know what happened to Anakin Skywalker. Even fewer n- knew what he became. I think they're going back because they're trying to save the Jedi from Order sixty six, and I think they're going to try to use the world between worlds to make that happen. And I think that might be where he's going. So I don't think Balin Scroll is all bad and evil, but from his point of view, the ends to save the Jedi Order, the ends justify the means, which to, which includes killing Ahsoka right now and, and killing anybody that, that gets in the way, killing the rebels if they get in the way, because if they're able to go back and fix it, then all of that like never even happened. And so I think Balin's skull in a lot of ways is on a mission to try to basically save the Jedi Order. And I think that's where they're going from his point of view. Now... Everything else with Thrawn, I'm not quite so sure. <laughs> They're doing their thing. So, anyways, that is my that's my theory. So, do you think it's a um, kind of like an Indiana Jones in the Dial of Destiny, where he's like going back oh, in yep. time to like Nick, like get rid of Hitler earlier so that they could win? Yeah, so yeah, maybe, like maybe get rid of Anakin so that they had a standing chance. Yeah, maybe. Well, you know, what will they do when they get in the world between worlds? I'm not exactly sure. You know, I mean, they could do all sorts of things. Kill Darth Maul so Qui-Gon lives, you know. I do do think you're onto something because in the very first, like when Ahsoka's in the temple getting the map, the symbols, like the people holding the the maps, like on the walls, reminded me of where Ezra entered the world between worlds. Because it had the the father yeah. and the daughter and the son, and he realized like the position of their hands was significant in opening the <sighs> gateway, and like the people in the walls that the temple Ahsoka was in with the map, like their hands were in a very particular position, and so I was just like, hmm, reminded me of like what Ezra had to do, like he had to shift his move his hands in a certain way on the wall to open the gateway. Yeah. So, so I'm excited to see where that goes. If I'm correct, you know, so be it. If I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm on, I'm, I'm still in for the journey. Um, because, because it's interesting. Every time I see Balin scroll, like in the, in the trailers, his interactions with the Soka, like he, there's like a, a heaviness to him, like almost a, a grief to him that he doesn't really want to 
you know, do certain things. But but for him, it feels like he he, he it's like the end justifies the mean, and that's where he's going. So, anyways, that's a whole lot about Balin Scroll. I have to admit, I really like Balin Scroll's character. I well a lot. I I liked him too because you touched on it. He's not a Jedi, but he's not a Sith either. Mm-hmm. He's neither of those things, and I like that because it's a compliment to what Ahsoka is. Oh, Everyone yeah. calls her a Jedi, but she doesn't consider herself a Jedi. She's definitely not a Sith, but she's she's like she's like doing forging her own path. Like she, it's it's so funny because she's like calling herself not a Jedi, but like she still is. <laughs> so it's like kind of a nice compliment to her, where it's like he he, I think in Balin's own mind, he still is Jedi. Yeah, I think but so too. He's not a Jedi that we understand, but he's definitely not Sith. Like neither of them yeah. are Sith, but neither of them. Well, Balin's not Jedi. Ahsoka still is Jedi, even though she doesn't admit it. Kind of I, thing. I feel like he's a Jedi who feels and recognizes that his back is against the wall, and he, and I feel like he is somebody that still wants. He still wants to and believes in in what the Jedi order represents because he's got a Padawan so, who has a Padawan brain. Okay. But <laughs> I think the difference is, is Balin is going to do anything it takes exactly to get what he wants back. And Ahsoka is mm. more following the Jedi path of it will be what it will be. And we deal with what we've got. And, and what's interesting, what you just meant, you just said this is, uh, is because Balin is attached to the Jedi Order, uh, he he could fall in further into the dark side, just like uh, Anakin was attached to Padme, trying to do anything he could to save her. Mm-hmm. Balin's trying to do anything to save uh, maybe the, the Jedi Order, or, or, and 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 by implication, the entire universe from being under the rule of Sith. Um, and 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 so if if this theory plays out the way that I'm thinking, you know. Basically, Star Wars is trying to say the ends don't always justify the means. <laughs> and, so, and, and who knows? Maybe this will inadvertently get rid of the sequel trilogy. <laughs> well, there, I didn't think about that, but yeah. Or revise it, because I, I don't know. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, there could be. Anyways. Well, um, and, and maybe that's why um, I'm trying to remember that. Um, ah. Um, the actress who played Ray, like the Ray movie that they were coming, oh. maybe that would be. Uh, uh, like, what uh, is her name? Oh boy, that's bad I, if we can't remember. I, I know her name. It's like right there in my brain, and it's oh, just my like word. I can't believe I'm I, not I, connecting. <laughs> I'm not thinking. What is her name? Ray actress. I know her name. I'm looking it up. It is Daisy Ridley. Yes, there it is. <laughs> I'm so irritated because like it was right there and I couldn't reach it. Hmm. So this is Dave Filoni really owning everything that we're seeing right now on on live action. We've we, he's built a lot of trust in the fan community with his uh, Rebels and and Clone Wars. He is the heir apparent to Star Wars being the Padawan to George Lucas himself. Um, and so so if Disney was to ask anybody, hey, can you fix our mistakes? They would be asking Dave Filoni to do that. And and that's probably why they gave him his TV show. Uh, that's why he's giving getting a, a Thrawn movie, all sorts of stuff. So, anyways, uh, 
lot of exciting stuff. I one thing I did not expect is that that lady, uh, Morgan Elsbeth, uh, yeah. she is, uh, I guess, a Dathomir she, witch she, ancestor. She, yeah, descendant. she's like she's descended? descended from the Dathomir. From the I, I loved that. Can I just say, I was like, okay, so first of all, despite everyone telling me not to do this, I had high expectations for Ahsoka. I was deep down it. I had to like, cause there was one point in the first episode, I'll get to what I was saying with what you were wigging out, Amanda. No, I'll say that. Okay. Anyway, so I had high expectations for this. I was in a way expecting this to be a, I was expecting to be a continuation of Rebels because I really loved Rebels. But the fact they threw in the Night Sisters of Dathomir, I was like, this is a perfect recipe. I have Ahsoka and the Night Sisters, which I always felt were like way more formidable opponents than the Sith. And I was just like, yes. And Thrawn. Thrawn, Night Sisters, Ahsoka. I'm just like, this is the perfect trifecta. We have the Triforce here. We are set. <laughs> I am excited. So expectations are even higher now than they were before. Yeah. Well, I have to admit, the, the way they introduce Sabine with that speeder chase, and then, oh and then she, she she drops down to the, and she like grinds on the asphalt underneath the E-Wing, which is the first time we've ever seen an E-Wing um in live action i love that i thought it was awesome and and like they had like this 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 rock music like you could tell like they were trying to go for like earthly punk rock music to kind of get people to understand what kind of character this was but it wasn't like straight punk earth music like there was a, a difference to it i noticed and and i really liked it and, and and music's always been a big thing for me and i was like you know this is uh, probably the most drastic uh, departure from traditional Star Wars music, having like punk rock Star Wars music, but I th- I thought it worked. Like I didn't, I didn't it, think it was so distracting. No, it it totally like yeah. yeah the actress who played Sabine nailed her. Like there yeah. was all these little mannerisms that she captured. Just just like I remember Rosario Dawson. Like when you first saw her playing Ahsoka in Mandalorian season two, and I was just like, oh my gosh, she totally like studied Ahsoka. Yeah, <laughs> like she was nabbing like like hitting like her facial expressions and this actress too was hitting sabine's facial expressions too oh, like i was yeah. just like oh my gosh so yeah i liked i felt the punk rock was great in introducing her especially for someone coming in maybe not either seeing rebels or not knowing very little about her kind of thing like maybe they haven't seen a whole like a couple sure. episodes of, of rebels here and there but not enough to gauge like what kind of person sabine was so yeah no i I liked that rock music. I was like, that was, that was cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I, um, you know, I, uh, I, a lot of people online, I don't know if you've been seeing this, but they've been kind of, they've been ragging on Rosario Dawson's Ahsoka Tano, like saying that she's, she's, uh, always, uh, stiff. And I, and I said something a little similar to that last time, but you know, I've, after seeing two episodes of Rosario Dawson's Ahsoka Tano, it didn't it didn't bother me as much as maybe I thought it would be. It's it's I really feel like Rosario Dawson's Ahsoka Tano 
is significantly different as an individual than she was when she was a teenager in the Clone Wars. Yeah, and, and so, even in Rebels, because this yeah. is still some time since Rebels. You know, time has yeah. passed since Rebels for this as well. And I, and yeah. I think it's a, I think it's a little unfair to say that uh, her Ahsoka Tano should have no character growth and be the exact same teenage character. I still saw elements of teenage Ahsoka in Rosario Dawson's Ahsoka. Like I, I still saw some of that, um, and it wasn't like overblown, but like I could still see this Ahsoka being the same Ahsoka that I watched in the Clone Wars. So this is just this is a very this is a mature Ahsoka who who recognizes uh, her 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 potential. This I, is I, oh, go on, Amanda. Yeah, I, I like how they refer, re- reference her trauma of leaving Anakin. And how Aunt, she never finished her training. And so they're referencing how she's been dealing with this tr- these different traumas. Mm. And her way of dealing with trauma now at this point is to abandon ship. She abandons her friends. She and abandoned so- Grogu. She refused to take him on. Well, and, and I think I, I yeah. actually think that that is referenced more with Sabine. Yeah. And how I think Sabine's emotions were were her struggle and so she's like all right no emotions i'm not doing it and so i really i like seeing that full character that they're having her show us i really like it i think she's doing a great job my complaint is with the makeup what for whose makeup Hera's oh makeup. Hera's makeup yeah oh. it could be better Hera's <laughs> makeup looks like she's got green paint on her and she's not a twilight looks like she's a fake twilight a little bit yeah she she's yeah, a little, was, they were trying to make perfect. her cartoony uh, yeah she's no, like it, the oh. cartoon she has light pink lips like partially green and they put this bright red lipstick because other Twi'leks in Star Wars have had that bright red lips, but those were entertainer Twi'leks, not generals. Well, maybe this and general so, wants to yeah. wear some lipstick. I don't but, know. Well, <laughs> the thing is, is it doesn't look like her. I, I agree. It does look a little off, but compared to everything else, everything else looks <laughs> everything else looks really good. Like. Hera's makeup, yeah, could have been better, but the actress playing Hera was still, I really, she's good. Yeah, she's fine. She's good. But I, it's one of those things where when you get the makeup so wrong, it's hard. No, no, but, but it's I hard. didn't find it hard. But, but, <laughs> but everything else seriously looked so much better. Like it looked movie quality. Like some of the shots they had of, uh, of like when Ahsoka was coming in to that like water uh, landing area. I mean, that was like really high uh, production value stuff. Morgan Elsbeth, that character who plays. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. So the, 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 the witch lady. Yeah. I have to say they got her spot on. I'm looking at her hair and I go, Yes, she is Even a Dathomir witch. And, and the way she holds herself, like... So perfect! Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but she's not... Just to clarify, she's not a Dathomir witch. She's she's only a she's descendant. descendant. I know, and and, and that's but part of why still. any, like, idiosyncrasies is kind of like, it's more okay sure, because she's sure. not... 
100%. 100%. We got to talk about David Tennant's Hu Yang, the robot, the the droid. Can I just say, like, the first episode, I was just like, that voice is so familiar. And then it was the (laughs) second episode. I saw David Tennant's name come up, and I was like, okay, who is he? And, like, I looked it up, and I was like, oh, it's Hu Yang. And then I remembered from Clone Wars, the episode with him when he takes the younglings into the ice cave to find their kyber crystals. Yeah. I had recognized his voice then. When I saw that episode, I was like, oh my yeah. gosh, this David Tennant. And so the fact that it like, took me two episodes to realize that it was David Tennant once again voicing Hu yeah. Yang, I, I was disappointed in myself. I was like, Jekka, come <laughs> on. <laughs> I was like, come on, Jekka. Has it been that long since you've heard David Tennant? No, it hasn't been. Come on. You just watch Good Omens. Come on. I, uh, I, was, I was disappointed in myself. I, was I like, love his Hu Yang. He is, uh, I, don't, I don't know... I, I just I really like him. Like he's a great droid companion to Ahsoka and what they're trying to do in the universe. And and I think he's it's it's just a really interesting character for a droid. Here's somebody who's seen more of the Jedi Order than probably anybody alive in the universe at this point. I mean, out of everybody. And um and so if if the Jedi Order is gonna get restarted, Hu Yang should be involved in somehow, and we see him being involved. So. But I, I like it too how he's like he, he keeps poking at Ahsoka, you know. He's just like, "You need some." She's like, "I need you to watch my back," and he's just like, "That's what Pata ones are for," you know. And then he <laughs> I know, I love it. He's like, and he's like, "Jedi standard procedure is to do this," and she's like, "No." Like, I just like it how he keeps poking at her and being like, "You are a Jedi. Like, you're still a Jedi." <laughs> Even though, like, no, I'm not a Jedi. He's like, "No, you are," and I just like it how he keeps like unintentionally yeah. poking her and at sabine too i like how he poked at sabine too i liked that too i okay I, um i will say i really like how it shows sabine complaining she's like i don't have the force like it like ezra did like ezra does and it shows like she's so much weaker in the force and how pad ones now they're they're not the one that they don't have the jedi to go out and find them mm. Yep. Is the dog eating something he shouldn't be? <laughs> Might have found something. So I um, <laughs> I uh I'm really liking what they're building in these episodes so far. I I I've heard some folks who maybe they 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 didn't watch Clone Wars Rebels, maybe they're feeling a little lost and they're a little hesitant at watching this. I I'm thinking that this is a really great setup for where we're going in this uh in this uh series and i'm really looking forward to uh you know getting thrawn involved i really liked when they finally showed that they're building this massive uh hyperdrive ring and they're basically putting in like a bunch of like super star destroyer um engines in it. Yeah. yeah hyperdrives to get this thing going and that makes sense to me because like i was trying to count like how it was like i think there was like 12 different like hyperdrive things on that so they're just pumping that thing full of uh super star destroyer hyperdrives and so like in my mind of course that would reach uh another galaxy in x amount of time who knows how much how long but so. which is something i realized is that all of star wars lately has been within one galaxy oh yeah you know and then I was like, ooh. And this is where, like, I pulled 
my little biology thinking brain came out. I was like, oh, they've been doing intragalactic travel. Now they're going to do intergalactic travel. Oh, like, there you go. Like, There's another example that I could give to my students when they're confused about intro versus inter. <laughs> I'm like, so, Ahsoka, okay? Star Wars, they're all traveling within the galaxy. That's intragalactic travel. But now in Ahsoka, they're going intergalactic. They're going to there a different you go. galaxy. So, you, so that you clear, was my you cleared little... that up for me too. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, but yeah, I was just kind of like, ooh, this is like cool stuff, never been done before, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I um. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I was just gonna say um. I don't. I. I think it. A part of me is like, I wish Disney slash Lucasfilms had been gutsy and just releasing the first episode and not the second one. But at the same time, I'm very glad they released the second one because my original plan was to yesterday just watch episode one and then watch episode two today yeah. before the podcast. That didn't happen at, because of how episode one ended. Oh, like I yeah. just sat there and I was like, oh my gosh, I, I have to watch the next one now. I got it. I, yeah. I can't wait. And so I'm like, I'm, that's probably really smart, but at the same time, I'm like, it's smart because that would have been, a, it was a terrible cliffhanger, you know, spoiler well, warning, um, Sabine getting stabbed. I was just like, oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> I was like, no! I, I wish, I wish they did that a little different. Like, what? I'm not the only person to announce, to say this. Why, why are people surviving lightsaber, you know, and being impaled by a lightsaber to the gut? Um, even, even my son's like, wait a minute. Qui-Gon died from that. Why did she, you know, and my son's not involved in all the uh, stuff online. I, I wish, I wish they would say something like, look, the, the only reason you survived is because like within like seconds of you getting stabbed, we had, uh, you like know, Ahsoka was there. Like yeah, she we got had a, there. Quickly, Ahsoka yeah. there using the force. We had uh two, one B medical droids putting Bakta in there. Like, like, and then like, I would have, wanted to see her like really suffering for a little bit because like, I mean, let's be honest. Gosh, this sounds bad. Let's be honest. In empire strikes back, Luke suffered more getting hit in the face by a wampa than, than some of these people suffer when they get completely impaled by a lightsaber. No, like, you make a valid point there. So that is why, a valid point. Why, why can't we show these people suffering for a little bit? Like show them like really trying to like get their feet back underneath them. And it's not just, Oh, next episode, I'm good to go. You know, let's uh, like, like, like I would have loved to have seen like a scene of her laying down with like four medical droids, like working frantically. And they got all sorts of stuff. Like let's, yeah, and let's having, and having Ahsoka standing there watching and you yes. can see, and like, she doesn't have to say anything, but like, you know, posture, pacing like the things yeah. that ahsoka does when she's worried like yeah that would have been great just like a, a yeah no i i do like yeah even though that that i was just like oh my gosh she just got stabbed by a lightsaber i i would i admit like the start of the second episode i was expecting to see just what you showed like what you explained yeah, i was yeah. expecting to see that and see more of that turmoil like that that turmoil within ahsoka being like oh no yeah like, i mean she I mean, got hurt they they could have because fast forward like like said that she was in a coma for like four or five days with like nonstop medical droids trying to like help her out or something. I mean, not, there's things we can do. <laughs> yeah, make make lightsabers deadly again. <laughs> it's I true. Know. I feel like they have lost their potency, and like I felt like the Mandalorian kind of did that when they were like Beskar can withstand lightsabers. I was just like, what? <laughs> 
Yeah, well, like, yeah. So, so the lightsaber does have something it can be defeated by, you know, like I was kind of that was something I was a little upset by. I don't know. But anyway, well, at the same time, I'm like, it does make Beskar like a hundred times cooler. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um look, I'm uh, I'm in for rich storytelling, which Star Wars for the most part is always done, and I think we're gonna still get some of that here. Um, it's true. All of these like like my complaints are super minor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's uh let's go around and talk any final thoughts on the show. <laughs> He's trying to signal Amanda to come back from wherever she went. <laughs> she went to go deal with the dog. Amanda, any fi- any final thoughts on uh, Ahsoka? So I'm just going <laughs> to share the meme that I saw today that was showing how a lot of similarities between the Ahsoka series plot lines and the sequel trilogy plot lines. Because <laughs> everyone's after a map. Because it's going to no. lead us up. This- <laughs> This map makes sense more so than the other one. And that is what what the meme was saying is this has so much potential to it. Yeah, this has a lot. Well, you know, look, I don't got I I have no problem with the map in uh, episode seven because Luke's on a world that was kind of hidden from the galaxy. I'm I'm not not saying there's a problem with the map. I'm just saying there's a lot of similarity. Really? Interesting. What, what, What else? What else was similar? They're, I think they're... I know what you're talking about, Amanda. I remember seeing this too, and I was just like, like the big thing that was like, oh, nope. like rebels, like rebel, knock, like knock in rebels, everyone was all together, and now they right. scattered to the wind. Anyways, I can see what Amanda's getting at. For me personally, I was just like, uh, I don't know. I felt like it was more of tying, it was tying into rebels, which is kind of like the thing I was like, oh, yes. gloss over that. But um, because uh, one thing that did surprise me with the first episode and then I was uh, like and then I kind of was like, oh, OK, it was just a small little jarring moment. I was like, this is focusing a lot on Sabine, like more than I expected, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm like, I'm here for Ahsoka and Ahsoka is there. But I was like, I feel like this is really focusing on Sabine a lot. And yeah. then I was like, no, like I my whole thing with Ahsoka is that it would resolve what happened at the end of Rebels and at the end of Rebels, you know. Ezra and Thrawn get taken mm-hmm. into space by the Star Whales, and then Ahsoka and Sabine team up to go looking for him. And this clearly takes place, you know, and that was shortly after Return of the Jedi when that happened at the end of Rebels. So this is like much years later, you know. So it was one of those things I was like, okay, yeah, no, this is like what I was hoping for was the continuation of Rebels, but instead of Hera and Kanan being the forefront of it. It's going to be Sabine and Ahsoka, which I'm like, that's what I've been wanting. Like, that is where I was hoping it yeah. would go is it would be Ahsoka and Sabine. We'd be seeing what they were doing. And in a way, we're like getting that like we're going to see. And I'm excited to see them together and just find out, like, how difficult it was for both of them to be master and apprentice. Like, I'm excited to actually see that because we've been getting like hints about it. Like well, I'm, I'm wondering. So you know, no, 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 no. Dave Filoni, Dave Filoni has been saying that Ahsoka is more of like a Gandalf character, and, mm. and if you think about it, Gandalf is there to support the other characters in their adventure and what they're doing. And in some ways, maybe that's what Ahsoka's doing with uh, everything else. But now, do you have something to say about Episode Seven? No. Okay. Okay. 
I was I was ready Jessa to Jessa thought okay. with the potential like time travel and them going back in time. Does Ahsoka become a Jedi Master? Yeah, I, I, by the end of the ep- by I the end want, of the season, I want to see Ahsoka be a Jedi again. But but does she get it officially from the prequel Jedi? Because she goes into the past and they make her an official master. No, okay, no, I that just, would be fun. I, I want to see her be. <laughs> I want to see her accept being a Jedi again, where she yeah. had the. I'm I'm the I'm no Jedi moment. I want her. I want to see. I am a Jedi moment. You know. So. Anyways, any any other last comments? No, 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 no. I'm excited for this. I'm just excited. Absolutely. So. All right, folks. Thanks so much for joining us on another adventure of Super Nerd Podcast. <coughs> Excuse me. Make sure to hit that podcast subscribe button and leave us a review wherever. You're listening to us. Subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever else you find us, if you can even understand that. Next week, we will actually be talking the 30th anniversary of Jurassic Park. Can you believe it's been 30 years? I remember watching that in the theater. Anyway, make sure to leave us a voicemail with your thoughts at anchor.fm slash supernerdpodcast. You can also email us some thoughts to supernerdpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, search supernerdpodcast. Give us a like, give us a share, but from all of us at supernerdpodcast, stay nerdy, my friends. Have fun. Catch you later. I was hoping for Kenobi. Why are you I did my duty as a citizen. I'm sorry, citizen. I did my duty as a citizen. I'm sorry, little one. I did my duty as a citizen. I'm sorry, citizen. I did my duty as a citizen. I'm sorry, I'm Surrender, surrender, or face the consequences. Surrender, surrender. You're reckless, little one. Surrender, surrender, or face the consequences.
Thank you. 